Welcome, my loves, to the story behind the story. I am Sierra Melker, the founder of Red Thread Publishing. Today, I'm joined by Sarah Ness. We've already had maybe the best part of this conversation, but we are going to try to invite you in to the rest, which I'm sure will also be amazing. Sarah, can you introduce yourself? Because you know you better than the blurb bio that I could read for you. Who are you, my darling? Absolutely, just as my refrigerator sound starts, of course. Um, I'm Sarah. I founded a company called Authentic Revolution, which Sierra and I just got to connect over because it's actually the only female-led company in my field and has been for the last decade. Um, and I work in the field of human connection, um, which is funny, but also really cool that there's a lot of men that are into it, um, even on the business end. Uh, and so I do a lot of mostly creating resources for people to, to make communities of connections. So we use these authentic relating game practices, which are like little artificial ways of creating more authentic, empathetic, curious social interactions. And I collated the main manual on that, which has more than 250 games and variations and taught it for many years. Um, and now, I mean, we're at a really interesting point actually in it, because like we created a movement that's a thing we also entirely open sourced and decentralized and did not license it and so now as a company also we're figuring out like okay what do we do now um because i'm not super into competition and one of the things that i've been working on as a result is trying to translate some of the practices that we do into a more consumable format because like many communication modalities people are having the problem that they go home to their parents and their parents are like what is this weird new language you started speaking <laughs> like have you joined a cult um and so i i um, have been working on a typology system communication cult yes right it's really <laughs> funny how people think that folks have joined a cult anytime they're enjoying a community they're part of <laughs> and i had to look up the definition of cult many times to make sure we are not one um but one of the yeah right <laughs> um one of the things that i did as a result was create this typology system that i think puts um communication into a larger context and that's called the relating languages and it's the thing i'm writing a book on i love it oh um so much so wonderful um so in this, the story behind the story, we're always really digging in and looking to support other aspiring authors and, and women who are, are working on, on teaching something. Sorry, I just changed cameras because my Zoom was running really slowly. My internet has been super wonky the last can you hear me? I can hear you. I can't see you, but I can hear you. Bueller. Okay, let's Bueller. see. I'm in South America and it's been raining. Oh, and... Okay, I just changed to a less high intensity camera. So hopefully that'll use less bandwidth. Okay, that, that might help too. Okay, okay, cool. Let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. um, my face is on the other side of that logo, I promise. Awesome. Um, I will imagine it. <laughs> so one of the things that we love to do in the story behind the story is really look at 
all that goes into a book, the, the technical, the logistical, the emotional, um, and the logical parts that you have to navigate in order to take your lived experience, your learned experience, and translate it really into something that can fit into the shape of a book and, and is understandable in that context. Um, you're doing something really different in some ways. And I think your experience and, and the process of creating your book can be really informative and encouraging for other women. There's a lot of women in our community right now who they're like, I still don't even know what kind of book that I'm trying to write. Am I writing a memoir because I talk about my life? Am I creating a self-help book because I'm teaching somebody how to do something differently? Because what we're doing doesn't fit into the previous boxes. Um, you know, I love Brene Brown. She's like, no, I'm a research storyteller and I'm doing my own thing and her own thing has caught on like wildfire. So just by trying to really drop what anybody else has done and figure out what you need to do, what you were sharing earlier sounds like could be really beneficial. If you could tell us more about how you're, how you're putting together what you have to share as, as just sort of an, um, a view for others about how maybe they can not be a research storyteller because we can't just be somebody else, but how to figure out how to be ourselves. Yeah, actually it feels, it feels pertinent because it's a really interesting story how I chose to write the book that I'm writing, um, which is about two years ago, I got approached by Random House to write a book. <laughs> and they were basically like, we've heard of this authentic relating thing and we want a book on it. And I was like, okay. And they were like, we'll find you an agent. I was like, okay. So I became the first writer anyone's ever heard of who had an agent without having a book. Um, and I tried for a year to write this book on authentic relating, which is the book that I was asked to write. I even created this big writers group of like 40 people on Facebook and had calls and like wrote a whole book proposal. But I was really, really struggling because I was like, it's not, it doesn't seem like the book that I wanna write. Like every time I sit down and I try to do it, and first I was like, okay, I need to write a book on authentic relating. And then I was like, but authentic relating is this collection of amorphous tools and practices and I don't see it enough from the outside to write on it like to many people it's this magical thing and to me it's just my life and my connections so I don't have enough distance it doesn't feel clarified enough okay so I can't write on that well maybe what I'll write on is a version of the art of gathering that is how do you found community and that was really exciting but I kept not getting traction on it and one thing I've really learned about being a woman in business is like I can't make my energy do something. Um, and so, are you still there? Okay, hopefully this is still I am. Okay, cool. Uh, I can't oh, make recording. my- recording, we're good. I got you. Awesome. Um, I can't make my body and energy do something it doesn't want to. It just ends up being like pulling teeth. So when pandemic hit, I was like, I, I don't have energy to force myself to do anything that I don't want to do because I'm trying to translate an entirely live business to an entirely online business. And it was just, 
painful and a clusterfuck and <laughs> I had to move and it was just a whole thing. And so I stopped trying to write that book, even though I already had like most of the proposal and outline and people lined up for interviews and a writing group and all of that. I was just like, I can't. Um, and even though I'm sad, I didn't because I think it would have been fascinating. I'm also really glad I didn't try to force myself to. Um, and since then, I've actually been able to support a couple other writers who are writing similar books. So I'm like, okay, it's getting out there. And I waited until I had what felt like my idea. And then having the book as a potential way to get it out there has really been helpful for me in developing that idea. And, um, and so I can talk about where that idea came from, if that would be helpful. Um, Absolutely. But even just what you shared just now is incredibly powerful. I, I think a lot of us would love to have a big name publisher say, will you please write a book for us? We mm -hmm. think that that's what we want. But I, I've come up against this experience as well in a similar way is that as soon as we have that like sort of the pressure and that external request of like, can you create this specific thing? Mm -hmm. The whole creative process is screwed. Then we become mechanistic and then we're trying to write for the approval of someone or something. And although we think that that's what we want, it, it is backwards um, and it can cause a major blockage in the creative process, which for women is already uh, quite a complicated journey. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, to say the least. So I think just even sharing that part already is huge for us to recognize the what we think we're supposed to write or who what, what somebody's asking us to write until it is the thing that you really want to write so that to the point that you're like, I can't not write this. I, I tell my authors all the time, as soon as it stops being fun, stop. Like mm -hmm. write while you love it, stop before you hate it. Whether that's the dreaming phase, the planning phase, the writing phase, the editing phase. If you are hating any part of it, please God stop because what you're creating isn't gonna be great. And then you're not having any fun. So just stop until that changes. And what you said about your energy is really special too, because uh, we've all grown up in a masculine world where it's just like, well, you gotta get it done. So just get it done, suck it up, figure it out, go ahead, get it done. And then either we're producing shit or we are wrecking ourselves in order to produce mediocre something. Um, and my whole approach is, what if there's a different way? Yeah. What if you can produce something that you're proud of and enjoy it? And, and I think you've really, what you shared already talks about that. So I wanna highlight and, and make sure that everybody else heard that larger story. And then, yeah, let's keep going and, and find out what else you have for us. Yeah, I often think about being like, I don't know, the creative process, doing business as a woman, whatever, is like feeling my way in a dark room and just having to get more and more attuned to the feel of touch 
Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like men kind of like are more able to just go ahead and like not worry about breaking things for themselves. <laughs> or that they have like infrared glasses on and they just like, yeah. you know, I don't know, actually, it. I feel it's yeah. more like I, I have a lot of male, male business mentors and like, yeah. it doesn't feel so much like they have a better sense of the path as that they're not as worried about stumbling or breaking things or just don't or don't notice like don't have as fine of that like sense of touch it's like for me if i touch the wrong thing it's like fire like i have to move away from it um mm-hmm. or i know that eventually it'll just sap my energy and i won't be able to do anything i think that's that's accurate i appreciate that that refinement because i coming from a teaching background i'm i'm attuned to younger people I used to teach high school, but I'm, I'm well aware of the really earlier grades and have been, my daughter's six. So I've also been paying attention to early gender socialization, um, the difference between boys and girls about, you know, boys can run through the house, but girls have to be like, be careful, right? Like take off your shoes, like the, the subtlest things. And I think what you're describing is is a later version of that like it's okay if i knock something over it's not a representation of me if if, as a man yeah i can break something it's oh oops right next but if a woman does the same thing her just our our socialization and our approach to to things when i was super focused only on on women's circles and women's experiences we were talking a lot about um, sort of the wage gap, but also when we step up to do something, women wait until they feel like they're a hundred percent qualified, a hundred percent prepared, that they can do it a hundred percent perfect. Then they'll say, okay, yes, I can do that. Whereas men are like, meh, sure. I'll try it. <laughs> you know, um, that's so and, I, mm-hmm. um, and it, it ripples through everything that we do. Um, so I'm, I'm it, means, on all of it means to me um, that I feel like I have a higher sense of integrity than anyone else in, mm-hmm. in the field, at least. I don't get into the same sort of fights or competition or battles that I've seen most of my other counterparts do. But at the same time, it's been much harder to move forward. Like it's a much slower process, right. it's a tiny step by step. Something that really helps me keep in mind is that like there's a lot of research on the biological differences between men and women. And for instance, that women can recognize tons more subtle facial expressions than men can so there's a way where we're more socially attuned and i'm trying to find ways to use that as a superpower in terms of writing this book of just like okay like what do i need to do to feel really confident in writing it and that's hard because especially because what i'm writing is more of a i want it to be more of a research-based book a lot of typology systems you can kind of just put out there because there's this difference between external and internal validity mm-hmm. external validity meaning it seems true <laughs> it works for me internal validity being like i can test it and i get the same result again and again yeah. and i really want it to have that kind of validity um before just writing a book that seems true um, or developing a system and so having to like learn all sorts of new fields like psychometrics and um i've been working just yesterday on developing an assessment which requires learning a little bit of coding and it's like so many different things and having to make myself not do the perfectionist thing because if i do i never get through 
but then I've had to find ways to keep my energy up if I'm not doing that. So like a lot of just relying on friends and family and talking to my women's group about it. And now like starting to teach a class about it on, on my community platform connect. Um, so I can actually feel like how people are responding to it. It's just had to be a way more relational process than I initially expected. And I think this is really interesting and important to discuss of like, how do we keep our energy up and how do we do things that are outside of our previous field of expertise or not even, and, and comfort level too, of how comfortable are we doing things that we're not good at mm-hmm. because they're new. Anytime somebody's writing a book, especially the, the first time someone's writing a book, it's all new. It's all uncomfortable it's uncomfortable just because we don't know what we're doing but it's usually uncomfortable because of the content and the nature of it as well so it's like this double discomfort um and so i i contradict myself in some ways when i say like if it doesn't feel good don't do it but at the same time how do we grow into knowing how to do something that we didn't know how to do and some degree of like doing that growing into it is important but this is why you had talked earlier about you said I don't do competition collaboration has been so key to supporting women to write their stories and what you're sharing is like I'm I'm sharing it here I'm testing it there I'm relying on this and and I think again that's another female superpower of I mean, instead of feeling like we have to do it all by ourselves and know how to code and know all this stuff and, and get it right all by ourselves, we're, we allow ourselves to, to bring others in. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, we really strengthen what it is that we're building. So um, that's incredible. Um, for, I want to ask you, what support, what ideas, what um, advice or guidance would you give someone who, who's in a similar position, not even an exact position, but like trying to figure out how to tell what she has to teach? What would you, what would you suggest? Yeah. Well, the first thing that I've been thinking about as you speak is like, what is the difference between the different types of I don't want to do this and I'm forcing myself through it? And so one thing I'd say is like, find the difference between like in my body, it's something like, I don't want to do it. And I can tell I don't want to do it because I'm afraid. And that's like a little bit higher in my chest versus like, I don't want to do it. And I'm trying to make myself do it. And I'm, I'm like tired and frustrated. And that's often like a little more in my stomach almost like I noticed that I'm like, like clenching my body to keep myself doing it. Mm. And those are really different sensations. And I've noticed that the fear is usually one that I, it's like, I need to listen to it, but I need to listen to it in the sense that I need to put in place structures that help me be less afraid. Mm. And the other one is one where I need to pause. I need to be like, okay, I'm, I'm, I've written enough today. Usually for me, it's actually not the writing because I love the writing, but it's more like I've tried to figure out the research enough today, or I've like, worked on my blocks enough today or whatever. Um, And the other one is like, 
just this question of like, what would keep me accountable? What would make this easier? What are like prizes I can give myself if I get to certain levels? What help do I need to um, rally in? There's some, if you want to gamify this, there's some great tools by uh, Jane McGonigal. She just wrote a book, Super Better. Um, and she's all about gamifying, uh, gamifying ways to get yourself to do things um, and calling in support and everything. So that's one thing is just like find what support you need um, and try out different things. Um, but don't just push through and don't just run away, right? Like no, those are recognize the difference. Fear, fear and frustration are the things. And I'm really just different. like, we just like, no. Yeah. But the structure is different ways to get you to identify the difference, super important, and then build the structures that support mm-hmm. either pushing through as to stay in something that you shouldn't stay in or running away from something that you can keep attending to yeah. if you build it out. I love that. Something that really helped me too is um, creating, like I have a really complicated relationship with deadlines and structure. <laughs> so I've just had to find all sorts of different ways to like, now it's that every Wednesday is going to be my writing and creating day. And that's really helped is like having a dedicated day per week where everything else is cleared out. Um, starting to teach a class on the modality, which is forcing me to get more clear on it. It's like doing things to push myself through that imposter syndrome by actually making myself show up yeah. has been necessary because I can hide in my cave forever. <laughs> um, right. I never write the book. Right. And like, especially because for me, it's like, there's always another fire in my business. Mm -hmm. Like, especially in the last two years with the pandemic, it's been just like the most uphill battle you can imagine. We're a small business that was doing most things live. (laughs) Right. Authentic connection through virtual, right? Like, I can only imagine what your last two years have been. Right. And also like (laughs) having to reinvent new programs when I feel all the imposter syndrome is just, it's just been everything. Um, And so having to clear out time just to work creatively and then realizing how much energy the creativity gives me to do other business things. Right. That's, that's been a really good virtuous cycle. Um, The last thing that actually surprised helped helped me surprisingly much is when I got a graphic made for my Mm. system. And I imagine this could happen for other books too, just like getting the cover made or getting something like that I could look at and show people. That was so surprisingly helpful. And I, I hired a graphics company to do it, which I'm really glad I did because I could have tried right. to learn graphic design too. <laughs> no, no, right. Like don't, you don't have to code. You don't have to become a graphic designer and you don't have to become a formatter and you don't have to become everything. This is the other, early on with women get on calls and they're like, I'm writing a book and how do I get an ISBN number? And I'm like, girl, put it down. Like you don't have to know how to do everything. Uh-huh. Do what you're good at and then let other people help. I love yeah. that. And, and the graphics are so important. It's usually one of the first things I have people do when they're writing a book is to get at least an initial mock-up so that they have something to look at because it's really real when you're like, oh shit, that's my book. Now I'm going to write it because it's- Yeah, exactly. I can, can see, see it. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's also, and they're also- one thing I have had to find is like what aspects of it do I do myself just because they're fun. Like learning graphic design didn't sound fun, but learning to actually like 
make the assessment with the help of a, of a mathematician who's just been, oh my God, Spencer Greenberg, most wonderful human. Um, but learning like a little bit of code and then how to make it show up and how to change it and like that, learning what to outsource and what not to because parts of it just bring me weird joy. Yes. That's been really fun too. I'm the opposite of you. I Canva, the graphic design for like not graphic designers program is like my porn, but coding <laughs> wouldn't do it for me. And so absolutely just like figuring out what turns you on and going down those things and then recognizing that not everything has to turn you on right mm -hmm. there are people who will geek out about anything and bringing bringing them on to to be your like sidekick geeks to get it done it's great mm -hmm. um i want to wrap us up i never want to stop talking to you but i do want to wrap us up because i do keep these conversations relatively short for the <laughs> listeners um, what, if anything, do you want to say just to, to leave our listeners with, with something, anything that hasn't been touched on? Um, the weird thing that just came to my mind is like, be cranky about things. Like I've gotten so much energy oh. from my crankiness oh. and my like, I don't want to, and just like going and stomping around my property and like going and like taking a bath and like get like talking to my uh friends about this and then just realizing like a new idea comes in there's like something about listening to my moods fully and actually expressing them and even doing some internal family systems work on them that's just been like it's like if i let it fester in me it's so much less powerful than throwing a temper tantrum and then realizing there's an idea underneath it hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Burn through it, right? Like just let it be. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for all of that. Um, I'm really glad that you and I had a chance to connect. I have a feeling we will do so again. And I'm really glad to have you share your experience, your wisdom. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to your book when it comes out. Perhaps you can come back and we can celebrate that and we can tell everybody all about how to get your book when it's out in the world. In the meantime, um, you can find out more about Sarah in the show notes uh, below this conversation and um, keep writing. Reach out to Red Thread if you are in the writing process, in the dreaming about writing process and you need support to really get your story out. Um, whether those, that's technical support or emotional support, Red Thread is really about supporting women to write and tell their stories as well as once the story's told, publish it, get it beautiful and get it into the hands of the people who need it the most. So that's us. Sarah, again, thank you so much for joining us. I uh, really look forward to our next conversation. Same, thank you so much, Sierra. I'm really inspired by what you're doing. <laughs>